First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 703 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy, as always, to be here with you guys. The NFL Draft is tomorrow, and I know all of the news in the NFL, really the biggest news, has been the New York Jets acquiring Aaron Rodgers, and I have got with me today one of the most legendary New York Jets of all time, Joe Klecko, joins me on the podcast today. Joe Klecko played almost his entire career as a defensive end, defensive tackle with the New York Jets. He was a part of the legendary New York sack exchange that included Joe, Mark Gastineau, Marty Lyons, and Abdul Salam. Joe Klecko played his college football at Temple, and he would go on to have a historical NFL career. Uh, he was the defensive NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1981 when he led the NFL in sacks. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He was put into the New York Jets Ring of Honor. His number 73 has been retired by the New York Jets. And this year, he will be enshrined in Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a huge honor to have Joe on the podcast today. Our little backstory on this here, a couple of years ago, while driving Uber on a Friday night, I picked up a group of young adults out there partying, and I was driving them home. And as usual, I was pushing the podcast, so I had it playing in the background on the radio there. And I was mentioning how I interviewed a bunch of NFL dads. And the young lady in the back seat says, hey, you should interview my dad. He used to play football. And I said, oh, yeah, who's your dad? And she said, Joe Klecko. And I said, get out of town. So I followed her on Instagram. I've been trying to follow up, trying to book this interview with Joe Klecko for quite a long time. Uh, this year, he was nominated to be enshrined in Canton. I made it a little bit easier for me to lock this interview down. I finally got it. Glad I was able to make it happen. As I said, it's an honor to have him on the podcast. He's a stand. Not only is he a legendary football player, he's a first-class father and just an awesome human being all the way. Joe Klecko will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Joe Klecko was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the legendary New York Jet and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, as I mentioned, tomorrow is the 2023 NFL Draft. I have been honored to interview a ton of first-round NFL draft picks, including many who went on to the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, some of those dads include that have been on the podcast here, Jim Kelly, uh, Calvin Johnson, Tim Brown, Edger and James, Deion Sanders, Rod Woodson, Willie Rofe, Ronnie Lott, Mike Haynes. The list goes on and on. I've, had, I've been blessed to have so many great NFL dads stop by the podcast here. Go through the archives of the show and check them all out. And if you're interested in tickets to any sporting event, concert, play, theater, production, whatever it is you want to see, buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or go to the SeatGeek app, plug in that promo code FIRSTCLASS, that's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 on your tickets. All right, and as always, please let me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with Joe Klecko on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Joe Klecko. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. It's a pleasure to be here, especially when you're talking about fatherhood. Well, I'm honored to have you. Let's start right there. How many kids do you have? How old? 
Well, I have five children. I have my oldest is 47. My youngest is 26. There's 21 years difference between them. Uh, my wife and I had two uh, children while I was playing pro football. And then we had three children after after my wife. And we actually had three kids after the, my wife was over 40. So our last uh, daughter was born when my wife was about 44, 45 years old. Wow, incredible. Yeah, I'm actually the youngest of seven in a blended marriage. My oldest brother is about 23 years older than I am. So yeah. uh, I know a little bit about it. And if you could, Joe, please, uh, for the people who don't know, take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a ex-professional football from the New York Jets, okay? Uh, I was, uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Pennsylvania, in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, my wife and I are married 47 years, uh, or 48 years, rather. And uh, we, uh, she was my high school sweetheart, and uh, we got married uh, my senior year in college. And uh, we've been happily married for 48 years now. Yeah, wow, incredible. Obviously, you had a legendary NFL career. And what, what really led me to you here, Joe, was a couple of years ago now. I'm a full-time railroad mechanic here in New Jersey. I, I, I've been doing that for a little more than two decades. I just, uh, as a, I just passed a bunch of them down on, uh, uh, I forget what road is that. They're doing a, a new, cutting a new railroad run at it. Yeah. Well, hopefully they were all on the track, but I, uh, I, as a part-time gig, drive a lot of Uber and I'm always pushing my podcast when I drive Uber and I'm always, you know, telling people about it. And one night I had picked up a group of kids and I was driving them home and I was mentioning my podcast and the young lady in the back said, oh, you should interview my dad. And I, he, he's a, a ex-football player. I said, well, who's your dad? She said, Joe Klecko. I said, you got to be kidding me. Mary Kato, Ben. <laughs> Gabrielle, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. That's my other daughter. She's, yep. she's, she's down in Louisiana now. She's married and uh, her husband's in the military. And she's in Louisiana. Oh, wow, very wild, though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't believe that. I said, oh, I, you got to try to put me in touch. So I had been trying to reach out. Fl- glad we finally got this going. But take me back, if you could, 30 some odd years then uh, to the beginning of your fatherhood journey, Joe. Uh, how old were you when you first became a dad? And how did that experience change your perspective on life? How old was I? I guess I was. Uh, 23 or 24 or 23, I think it is. And uh, really, it changed a lot. You know, you really don't know what to expect as a, as a, as a father. And what it was for me was basically uh, when we were, when we had our first child, Michael, uh, it was entering into the NFL, too. So it was like boom, boom of exciting times for us. And what, what was it like? It was it was exhilarating. I'll tell you what. And he was probably our worst baby. That's the bad part. He was up all the time, and we always tell him that, too. And uh, he was up all the time. So, you know, it was tough on me as far as not getting any sleep, trying to rest for, to play football. But uh, my wife handled it really good. Yeah, you had a kind of a trial by fire there with the first one. It's supposed to ease you into this whole thing. but Exactly. And uh, so then what would you consider to be, uh, Joe, the top values that you had hoped to instill in all your kids growing up? All, I tell all my kids about truth. And truth is is it. It really is it. If you can live by the truth and you live by, you know, uh, not being a phony, I think it's one of the major parts. And then, of course, I all basic morals, humility, you know, all the ethics of a, of a good person is what I always instill in them. And, you know, um, now I'm looking at their kids growing up and I'm seeing them instilling in some of the same properties in their kids. So, you know, I've always I, I was. I've always held their feet to the fire as far as doing the right thing. And it has it, always come out on top because they've always done the right thing. 
Yeah, well said, Joe. And so important and so much that's missing, I think, from our society, from our country right now. And I, I talk about it because of the breakdown of the family units that we've seen in our country where so many kids don't have a father figure in their life and they're not they don't have a place to go and get that kind of structure, those values, uh, those core, real core values that we need uh, growing up. And I just think that if we had more dads involved in their kids lives, uh, most of that stuff would start to change. What's your take? You're 100% correct. I think the, the degradation of our society is the family. And as the family goes away, I think nowadays they're saying that 60% of women are having children out of wedlock with no fathers. And it's it's terrible and how it's hurting our society, you know. And I believe on the other side of it, too, is fathers today are having trouble with their children when they want to be their best friend. You know, it says in the Bible, you know, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, and, it, and our Lord even believed in, in discipline, you know, and I think children look for discipline, they look for structure, they look for that, and of course, you lead by example, when you have that kind of example, and, and your children see what you do, I mean, it's like Sunday, you know, going to church on Sunday, you know, I mean, my kids get hounded, uh, I only have one at home left now, the other four are married, and, and I still text them the night before, what time are you going to mass tomorrow? What time, you know, I talk about it all the time. And I truly believe that, uh, without a doubt, you know, in their heart and in their mind, it starts with God. And, and when you have that instilled in you, it's you can't go wrong. Reason being is God doesn't do anything bad. And if you follow someone like him, I'd say you're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that is the uh, the piece, the other piece of this puzzle here, the heavenly father being removed as well as the father from the home. And those two things have delivered the one, two knockout punch really to our country here. And I'm with you there. I have three altar boys in the house. I have three boys and one girl. Uh, my three boys are altar boys. We go to church on Sunday. We eat together. We pray together. I think it's such a vital part of their upbringing. And so much, as, as I said, what is missing. And you mentioned discipline there. Obviously, you were a part of the sack exchange uh, you you were a, a physical player when you played the game of football, but what kind of disciplinarian were you as a dad with the kids growing up? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? No, I was I was very disciplined. My dad was tough, and my mom was tough too. I mean, not in a tough way. Mom was always the one we went and cried on after dad had something to do with it. But you know, I grew up in a disciplined family. My, you had you know, we had structure, homework structure, church structure, all those type of things we had. And I think that I brought that on with my family. I think, you know, uh, my children were always scared to death to do something wrong, which is a good thing. You know, and it would just say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, I, I, something like that. I forget exactly how it goes. But, you know, fear is a good thing to have for people. And I, I'm not like all my kids love me to death. You know, the boys come, they, they hug me, they kiss me, they leave. And the girls, of course, they always did that. But, you know, I always felt that, you know, uh, having my kids close to me, to my heart close to me type, is how I treated them. And, and listen, they did something wrong. They were, they were going to not pay for it in a brutal way, but they were disciplined. They weren't allowed out. They got things taken away from them. And on the other side, if they were good kids, they were rewarded. So all those kind of things are what I did. But I see too many kids today where mom and dad want to be their buddy because, you know, they feel that that's the way to win them over. And it's not. 
Yeah, I could agree. I, I, a while back, I did an interview with Deion Sanders, and he was talking about that exact same thing that, uh, you know, too many parents trying to be the buddy, trying to be the friend. And it, and it's it's really it, it's not having the proper. I was one of those kids. Just wait till your dad got home. And that was always enough to keep you in line. Just that threat of him coming home was enough to say, oh, boy, you know, and, sure. and when you don't have that. And, and that's why we're filling up the prison systems in this country, Joe, with fatherless kids. I mean, it is, it is, it's not really a big secret science that goes into this. All the bad behavior, all these violent acts, they're all coming from the same source. And that's growing up with a broken family, no father in the home. So we're trying to solve all these other pieces to the puzzle in our society without focusing on the actual rock of our of our entire foundation, which is the family. Couldn't be more right. It really is. And the thing about it is you, you hit it on the head. You know, you go around and I was listening to a podcast on someone not long. I don't remember who it was, but she said it was talking about they asked a, a hundred prisoners in prison to write a Mother's Day card to their mother. And they all wrote a Mother's Day card. And they asked the same hundred prisoners to write one to their father. Not one of them wrote that card. And that's just evidence right there, you know. And, and the thing about it is this whole, the, the 60s, 70s free love institute is when it actually jumped into our society. But now it's gotten so bad that, you know, single women get so many things really taken care of for them now. It's almost the, the the husband and wife involved in a relationship. And now they're talking about the other side of it where two men and all that, or two women in a relationship bringing up a child. It has to be horrific for a child. Do you imagine what goes through their mind and how everything that they get, you know, in a day-to-day basis, how they really get, you know, tortured with it? Uh, I think it's horrible. And everybody's trying to make it the, the cool thing to do. It's not. Yeah, we've seen it in our country so much now, and it's being pushed uh, with obviously an agenda in mind that it's not doing anything, I don't think, but harming our kids. I know we're talking that we have the big transgender movement. We just saw it take place here in in Tennessee uh, with obviously this horrible school shooting where you had a transgender uh, attacking a Christian school. And I think, unfortunately, and I pray that I'm wrong, I think that's just the beginning of things to come uh, with this and stuff because there's really no incentive uh, to have some kind of life down the future. There is no long-term plan with this. It's feel good right now, that's it. And that's what this whole thing about. And you have people doing these, uh, giving puberty blockers to kids under 12 years old. You're mutilating uh, and changing the body forever, forever for these kids. And there is no long-term happiness. They're trying to do it in the present and it's really ruining a lot of lives. Well, I have a firm belief in that, that God's not going to put up with it too much longer. And I don't know who can unsettle it except him. Reason being is because, you know, we, we've tried to have administrations to do the right things and the wrong things. And I think this woke society and the way people look at doing things today is sad. And all you have to do, and that's what I talked about it from the beginning. I started with the truth. All you have to realize is, is deal with the truth, you know, and our government doesn't even do that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people prove these politicians liars and stuff like that. And these are the people we vote into office. Uh, you know, listen, I love DeSantis out of Florida. He's a tremendous guy, and he's done a lot of great things. Look at all the, the, you know, the feedback that he gets over what he does. And he's a good person. You know, they want all these, like you said, these woke things, the transgender things. Mutilating a 15-year-old girl, taking her breast off, and, and giving the gen, the, her transition, and then uh, three years later, she commits suicide. 
come on. I mean, if you can't realize that that's not right, something's wrong with you. Yeah. And if they turn that around and make it seem as if you have an issue with that, you're the problem. And that's the yeah. craziest. And you mentioned DeSantis. Uh, I've had him on the podcast here when he passed the Florida initiative bill down there, uh, the fatherhood initiative down in Florida. And I wish more governors would do that because he is actually one of the most pro father, pro parent uh, people in all the politics, as far as I'm concerned. So I hope we see more of that because uh, that is where all these problems are stemming from. So uh, and just to get back into into this here with you and your kids, I did watch the video and congratulations on making the Hall of Fame. And and I I, I did see the video, Joe Namath coming, giving you the knock yeah. on the door. What has this whole thing been like for you? I know it's been a long time coming. What's it been like to finally get the nod and know that you're going to be enshrined into Canton, into the Hall of Fame and, and your legacy will be secure? Well, it's the ultimate of ultimates, of course. You know, I mean, you take a place where there's 30,000 people that played the game. And, you know, uh, I'm 366 of those 30,000. That's pretty awesome, you know, and to be elected into that. And then having Joe come knock on my door was even that the iconic Joe Namath. And he is. Joe was the face of the AFL when it started and everything. And he's 85 years old or 84 years old, whatever he is. And he's still the great Joe Namath. So for have him come do that for me, that was really an honor also. What is it going to be like for you? What do you anticipate now? Have, having your family there, I'm imagining your, all your kids will be there in Canton when you get enshrined. Do you have anybody picked out to introduce you yet? And what are your expectations uh, for the moment? Well, really, the expectations are up in the air. All of them will be there. All my friends will be there. You know, uh, I'm going to have Marty Lyons, my ex-teammate, in her, you know, and give my induction speech, you know, the time that they're going to allow him. But uh, I, I think it'll be cool. I mean, you know, it, it's a joyful event, you know. I, I was, I was, I'm starting my speech and going through my speech and all, and everybody that has a very big poignant part in my life, they're all gone. They're not here no more. You know, so I'm saying it's been a long time for me coming. So uh, we're, we're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great time. And all the kids there and the grandkids and all, it'll be great. You know, I'm going to, I was talking to two of the guys at the, after the, the Super Bowl announcement, we were in the back room and I was talking to Joe Thomas and uh, Rondé Barber and J- Joe Thomas is younger than my son. And uh, Tiki Barber, I mean, T- not Tiki, but Rondé Barber is as old as my oldest son. So it's like uh, I'm a little ahead of that. So uh, it's going to be fun. And speaking of that, I recently had Larry Zonka on the podcast here. He came from that era uh, where football just compl- it seemed almost like a completely different game than what we're seeing today and what we're watching. And I got his take on it. And what is yours? What's your take on the biggest differences that you see? And what are your thoughts on football today as you watch it? Well, I think the rules are, are, are placed well with the quarterbacks. Listen, you know, I, I was thought to hate quarterbacks and so forth. But, you know, listen, they're the guys that make the game tool and taking care of them is good. But, you know, I, there's so many things in football that don't make sense to me. I want somebody out there, even the head of rules official of the NFL, to explain to me what pass interference is. You know, there's so many things that grow. And the hitting now, you know, not using the crown of your head. And before I thought it was the offensive player. If he lowered his head also, he was to get – I've never seen that yet. So, you know, the game's upside down. Listen, the game's still a violent game. It's what it was, you know, when I played. And and still today it's a violent game. But everybody loves it. Listen, uh, I know everybody likes to say baseball is America's sport, but we know what is America's sport. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And you mentioned there too, uh, grandkids. How many grandkids do you have? And what has it been like for you to make that transition from dad to grandpa? Oh, great. I mean, I have five of them. And uh, as a matter of fact, my oldest grandson just won a championship this year and led his team at running back and had over 200 yards rushing. Uh, Nathan Klecko, my son Danny, who played, it's his oldest son. And then, you know, we've got a bunch of athletes behind it. Uh, I have one one girl who's uh, Riley Joe, and she's a, she's the apple of grandpa's eye. We fight all the time. It's funny. But uh, and then I have the newest one. My daughter, Gabrielle, has a baby that's uh, about one year old now. So it, it's fun. And I, what's great about it is I love the way they love to come to grandmom's house, not grandpop's house, grandmom's house. And they love to come here. And, you know, they enjoy my wife and I extremely a lot that I like a lot. Yeah, so cool. I'm not looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to that position, but I'm uh, hopefully it's a long way away from me. So uh, I, I, I do hear great things about it. I told all of them, I said, hurry up. I said, I want 20 grandkids. Let's go, guys. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, Joe, getting your your bust into the Hall of Fame is going to secure your legacy forever in the NFL. That is secure. But what would you hope that your legacy as a father is? Really, this is, you know, all I want my kids to do, really, uh, not to know because they know it already, okay, is it's just that, you know, even though dad was a disciplinarian, you know, that I loved them, you know, and so many people, you know, run by with their kids for so many years and they leave their parents, they have a, a tough time with their parents. And I really think it's because uh, they really, they, they never get to know that their mother and father really loved them. And uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal, you know. And I think uh, I'm warming you up for the Hall of Fame speech. You know what? I've got that down. The Hall of Fame speech is going to be easy because I'm going to have to become a speed reader because in the Hall <laughs> of Fame speech, they only give me ten minutes, so that's going to be easy. I'm going to run right through that. But when you start talking about, uh. Uh, your kids, your grandkids, and stuff like that. It's a, it's always an emotional time. But you know, the greatest part about them is that you know you have the love for them. They love you back, and basically, there's never a, a, a an ill thought or word between any of us. And the greatest part about it is with my kids is they get on zooms, not zooms, but they get on chats every day. And they go back and forth, breaking home, back and forth to each other. And it's not, they have between my 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 kids' spouses, between my kids, they go back and forth all day long with it. And they they turn around, and they just love each other. They really do. They love each other. You know, the, the girls who enter into my family now, the guys, it's it's they, they love each other back and forth, and it's great. Well, you can see where it's coming from. You can see the love coming out of your heart and your eyes, Joey. Obviously, uh, you are a family man all the way. And I know we touched on it here a little bit throughout the talk. But the last thing I want to hit you with here, uh, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? I, I think it's easy. It really is. It's 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 not under, understandable. You, you, first of all, you got to love them to death, you know. And uh, once they know they have that love and they can come to you with anything. You know, listen, I was a tough disciplinarian. 
But I, the one thing I always wanted my kids to do, if they were in any kind of trouble, I'm the person you come to, okay? I didn't want them going anywhere else, trying to hide it or doing anything. I, and you know what? There was a couple of times a few of them had a few things that they were, you know, not in trouble, trouble, but, you know, for them it was. And at that time, they came to dad. And that's what I wanted to be. And, and the other side of it is, is, again, they need discipline. Children love to be disciplined, you know? And when you don't discipline them, want to become their good, their best friend, it, it, it never winds up working out, you know? And, you know, I think if you start out with that love, which is easy, you know, when that little infant comes into your arms and you're hugging them and all, it's real easy to find out how much you love them. But then as things go on, you know, to make sure they sit in their seat and do it right, that's that's where it really counts. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Uh, this has been an honor for me. Uh, congratulations again on making the Hall of Fame. You're a first-class father all the way, and thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. My pleasure. It was great meeting you. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.